Good afternoon. Harold Hutchinson, Head of UK Research at Investec. I'm joined this afternoon by Martin Young, our Senior Utilities Analyst, and by Mark Elliott, our Senior Analyst in Energy Technology. Uh, we're here to talk about a recent note Martin produced uh, titled Underground Overground, which is a review of the UK waste and water sector. So um, I'll kick off with you, Martin, as the main author. Um, clearly, background for this, there's been increased calls for net zero to be at the heart of the rebuild of the UK economy post-COVID. I don't see as much direct talk about how the circular economy plays into this economic revival, but yet your latest note suggests that the circular economy has a pivotal role. So maybe we could kick off by you explaining to us what is the role of the circular economy in any sort of sustainable revival in the UK and maybe give us a few milestones in terms of how you expect policy to develop. Yes, and, and thank you, Harold. Before I dive into the specifics of UK waste policy development, I believe it is worth reflecting on the commonality of the high-level aims of the EU circular economy package, notably increased levels of recycling, specific targets for packaging waste, separate collection of bio-waste, and a reduction in the volume of waste sent to landfill. These are all key components of the waste strategy for England that was outlined by the government back in December 2018. As such, I would therefore expect the UK governments, whether they be national or devolved, when thinking about post-COVID-19 economic rebuilding, to follow the lead of the EC, which firmly placed a smart circular economy at the heart of its 750 billion euro recovery plan. So what about the specifics of the UK? The shift towards a circular economy is a multi-year direction of travel, and many of the overarching aims of the English waste strategy have long-dated targets such as working towards all plastics packaging placed on the market being recyclable, reusable or compostable by 2025, eliminating food waste to landfill by 2030, and the elimination of avoidable waste of all kinds by 2050. Now, this should be a driver of multi-year investment needs in building the infrastructure to treat waste that is generated. And I see a significant capacity gap in plastics recycling and a need for increased levels of anaerobic digestion as separate food collections are brought in as two examples of these investment needs. In terms of milestones in the near term, there are a number of consultations that are ongoing. The aforementioned separate food waste collections are subject to further discussion, but 2023 is the target date for implementation. And this is also the date for the introduction of a deposit return scheme on drinks containers. Now on the hot topic of packaging waste and plastics, DEFRA is progressing policy proposals for an extended producer responsibility scheme for packaging to be brought in in 2023. And the Environment Bill, which is currently at the committee stage in the Commons, will have primary powers in this respect. The committee is scheduled to report by the 25th of June. A plastic tax of £200 per tonne on plastic packaging that uses less than 30% recycled plastics is set to be introduced in April 2022, and HMRC are consulting on its policy design, with the consultation having been extended out to the 20th of August due to COVID-19. Now, each of these should very much serve to keep the circular economy at the forefront of both corporate and public thinking. Okay, well, thanks for that, 
Martin, I hadn't realised there's quite so much going on in the parliamentary area. If we could maybe just swing a little bit now into the corporate sphere. I mean, are you seeing any specific strategies and companies uh, that are emerging to try to benefit from these themes? And would you say these strategies, there's momentum with them or are they very long dated? Be useful if you could just give us a bit of perspective on that, I think. If I were to go for a one word answer, that answer would undoubtedly be yes. But if I look across the UK corporate space and specifically at the industries that I am closest to, namely energy, waste and water, it is clear that there isn't a one size fits all approach, but a range of strategies that see companies play to their strengths as they seek to leverage the opportunity of the circular economy. Amongst UK listed stocks, I would highlight Renew, which is a leader in the Benelux in what it calls waste to product or upcycling in my terminology. Biffa, which is expanding its plastics recycling capabilities. Seven Trent, which is active in anaerobic digestion. And Simic Atlantis, which is progressing plans to convert the Eskimoth power station in South Wales to burn end of life waste in the form of plastic pellets containing an approximate 50-50 mix of biogenic waste material and plastic waste. Outside the UK listed space, there are companies such as Veolia, who in fact are actually a material player in the UK, which has an acceleration of waste recycling and recovery, plastics and circular economy solutions as the first pillar of its 2023 strategic orientation. Now as to whether strategic momentum is accelerating, the answer is clearly yes. I have already mentioned Veolia, but Renewi is clearly another example that proves this point. Renewi announced full year results a short while ago for the year ended March 2020 and alluded to seeking to improve the quality and margin spread of the product it produces, as well as seeking to selectively gain market share. Indeed, the company went further than this big picture by outlining a broad pipeline of projects, all relating to the circular economy, that it believes could add an incremental 35% to underlying EBIT by FY25. So whilst COVID-19 might be a near-term headwind for waste companies, it is far from reducing the medium-term opportunity. Indeed, it appears to be enhancing it. Thanks for that, Martin. Clearly plenty going on in the corporate space as well then. I mean, Mark, maybe I could turn to you for a moment and if you would put your energy technology hat on. I mean, can you think of any examples where the circular economy theme might be playing very directly into the energy transition? Sure. Um, I think the primary example that springs to mind is what's taking place in batteries today. Uh, I mean, it's I'd argue it's almost unequivocal that the electrification of cars through batteries is a major trend that's underway and rising quickly. If anything, government policies are looking to accelerate this trend. This in turn means a hell of a lot of batteries are being manufactured and eventually those batteries will run out. I mean, typically a car has a usable life of 120, 130,000 miles. That's roughly what batteries are being engineered for on board cars. And then they reach end of life. However, work, I think it's by Imperial University point, uh, College London, pointed out that as much as, uh, as, as little as just a third of that economic useful life of the battery 
has been used up in a car. I mean, cars have very specific requirements and they have to run harder and in more challenging environments than, let's say, in a more stationary, utility-orientated um, use uh, usage. And so a lot of work is underway by major auto companies and other related parties to see, to investigate how those batteries can be repurposed in a circular manner, therefore, to add further value to our energy systems and extract, let's say, that two-thirds of value, which is not economic in a car, but could be very economic in more stationary applications. Thereafter, of course, the big concern is the waste uh, buildup we face from these batteries. Lots of sort of valuable metals, albeit uh, lithium-ion batteries, are quite reactive and so need to be dismantled carefully. And then the metals within need to be recycled to ensure that we can have enough primary supply of raw materials to support the uh, likely growth in lithium-ion battery supply longer term. So I think that's one that's very, very current. And we are seeing a lot of action by major auto companies, battery engines, companies such as uh, Umicor in the public sphere, uh, a private company, Northvolt, is very active in uh, battery technologies and closing the recycling loop. And this also includes sort of big power companies uh, that are looking to get involved in the space uh, to, to, to sort of close this loop and recover value through the battery chain. So I think that's sort of a, a pretty good example of how the circular economy will feed into transport and batteries. Thanks for that, Mark. And thank you, Martin. Um, just to reiterate Martin's recent report, Underground, Overground, an in-depth look at some themes in the circular economy space. Uh, please refer to that report or speak to Martin directly if we can be of any help. Thank you.